This podcast is brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within federal, state, and local government agencies. Hello, I'm Executive Editor Eric Chabro, and here are some of the top stories for the week ending Friday, December 17, 2010. Sponsors reintroduced the National Defense Authorization Act without the provision to repeal the Don't Ask, Don't Tell law that bars gays from serving openly in the military. Senate Republicans had filibustered the House-passed version of the defense bill that also contained major cybersecurity reforms, including a provision establishing a Senate-confirmed director of a White House office of cyberspace. But the revised bill also excised the cyber reforms, meaning that the 111th Congress will have gone two years without enacting any significant change in the way the government governs IT security. Over a foggy bottom, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton announced the creation of a departmental cyber issues coordinator to unite different parts of the department working on cyber matters to more effectively advance America's cybersecurity interests. State Department Director of Policy Planning Anne-Marie Slaughter says the WikiLeaks episode that resulted in the unauthorized release of more than 250,000 sensitive diplomatic cables didn't play into the decision to create the cyber coordinator position. That decision was actually taken uh, nearly a year ago, uh, and it has taken a while to find the right person uh, and to create the structures uh, to work with the government. But that was the result of uh, an overall review on how the government as a whole needs to be organized uh, for cybersecurity. Uh, It was way, way before uh, WikiLeaks. We certainly hope uh, that once that person is working, as the Secretary said, uh, we will be able to do much more to protect the confidentiality of our communications. I'll be back with more news after this. Are you responsible for your agency's regulatory compliance program? Do cybercrime, data breaches, or endpoint security keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the GovInfoSecurity.com educational webinar library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit GovInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. Welcome back. The National Institute of Standards and Technology was busy issuing new IT security guidance on a wide range of issues, including how to implement continuous monitoring of IT systems and instituting a risk management framework. NIST senior computer scientist Ron Ross explains why more organizations in and out of government are seeking NIST advice on establishing a risk management framework. Well, I think that there's a a greater understanding on behalf of both organizations in the public and the private sectors of the severity of the cyber attacks today that are occurring that can either have the potential to bring down a key capability of these organizations or exfiltrate information where information could be intellectual property Anything that is of value to organizations can be stolen from these systems with the implantation of malware. And organizations are trying to do the best they can to apply a cost-effective risk reduction regimen, which includes the application of security controls and how you pick those controls and and which ones are, are more effective against certain types of threats. All of that really demands some kind of an organized framework so you can assist your decision makers in making the right decisions in an environment where resources can be fairly scarce within all organizations today. 
And finally, we take a look at Harrisburg University students and faculty who, if you recall, went cold turkey in September in their use of social media. Now the university reports on the effect of going a week without tweeting or accessing Facebook. One-third say they felt less stressed during the week without having to check compulsively updates and posts on social networks. One-quarter say they concentrated more on what was going on in the classroom during the blackout week. Indeed, two-thirds say they found lectures more interesting. But social networking seems to have little impact on how people eat and exercise. Only 6% say they ate better and exercised more during the blackout. Hmm, I don't know what that means. That's it for this week. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening, and have a good weekend and a great week ahead. This podcast has been brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.GovInfoSecurity.com.